All right. So let's look, do some announcements here first and make sure. First of all, Feast of Tabernacles, well, uh, it's in the For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Ken Barton entitled, How Late Is It? Good afternoon. I'm just wondering, is, are we changing the trustee board meeting to the 31st because it's going to be scary? <laughs> Hopefully not. So the old bearded prophet carrying a sign that says the world will end in three months. This guy was heckling him about it and he looked at him and said, you don't know how long I've been carrying this sign, do you? Well, we're into our new year, heading into fall, celebrating, after celebrating Feast of Tabernacles, and thanks for those of you that were back there or wherever for coming in a little, because it looked like we were going to have four folks here, so I'm glad you guys came in. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, and we made it through the last great day. Have you had a good week? Good. We have two. <clears throat> group of us had a good Bible study on, on Tuesday and shared some about how we came into the church. It was interesting. And uh, enjoyed the fellowship. One of the fun things about that, uh, getting together. I hope to continue to enjoy the Spirit of God working in me, and I plan to keep sharing what I've learned with those that I can. Hopefully I'll do it in a nice way. During the feast, I wasn't able to attend all of Ian Houghton's seminars uh, or lectures, but I was able to get his notes on the ones that I missed. He's a wonderful blessing and a fantastic resource of knowledge. If you guys ever have opportunities in the future, uh, listen to him. He's, he's sharp. He's studied a lot in my humble opinion. In his message on the last great day, one of the scriptures he mentioned was John 9, 4, where Jesus said he needed to uh, work while it was yet day, because the night is coming when no man can work, no one can work. So this passage interested me. I was reading it. I'm going to start at verse 1. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? First thought that struck me was it'd be kind of hard for him to sin when he <laughs> hadn't even got out of the womb yet. <clears throat> but anyway, that was the question. And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents but that the Lord of, that the works of God should be revealed in him. This man was placed here in order for Jesus' works to be made manifest. One of the things I'm learning more and more and more about is, you know, we think things just happen, and God has been planning on them for a while. 
we think maybe when we pray we need to be prepared to wait a while if God's already been working on it he's just waiting for you to do something so he can pull it and let it happen so <clears throat> Jesus said I must work the, the works of him who sent me while it is day the night is coming when no one can work as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and he said, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So here's the scene, okay? This fellow that was blind from birth, everybody that lived, you know, I was tempted to call him Old Blind Bob. Everybody knows Old Blind Bob. Been blind all his life. I'm not going to call him that, but it's kind of a temptation. So he comes out. He comes out of the front door and he's striding instead of being led by someone. And he's maybe gawking at the beautiful sky, at the birds, the children playing. He hasn't seen all this stuff all of his life. Definitely, he's not at his normal begging station anymore, is he? And so people begin to take note because this was definitely different. One might even say it was a paradigm shift. Taking back up at verse 8, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, Looks like him. Their eyes weren't quite as good, I guess. And then he said, I am he. It's me. That's me. I was the one who used to do that. <clears throat> Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. Maybe he should have said, they only gave, He only gave me this sight. He didn't give me second sight. He didn't make me a seer. I could see where everybody was. I just see like you do. So they brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. He's starting to get this narrowed down, isn't he? So therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them because some people here had brains and some obviously didn't. That's quite a disagreement, isn't it? And Can't be from God because it's on the Sabbath. Nope. Can't be doing anything good on the Sabbath. Well, it was obviously done how could a sinner have done it so they go back to their eyewitness they said to the blind man again what do you say about him because he opened your eyes he said he is a prophet but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him they couldn't rely on all these other people Anyway, so they called the parents in, asked 
saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. He's a grown man, you can ask him. He even knows how to speak. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. I'll go back again. A little of my history, I'm not from worldwide, but some of you guys here know about getting put out of church. Anyway, therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Remind you of anything going on today? People are afraid to speak up. People are afraid to say what they see is right or what they see is wrong. So verse 24, so they called again the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I'm thinking he's getting a little put out by this point. He says, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? But here it goes, do you also want to become his disciples? I know they wanted to hear that, don't you? (laughs) Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. I got to thinking about that. Who do you think Moses was a disciple of? I'd say God. So they're they're just limiting themselves to Moses. And I realized part of that was God set Moses up. And he said, you will be to them a God. But they, if they were stopping at Moses, they were stopping short. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who has been born blind. This guy was pretty sharp for a blind guy, never got to read, wasn't he? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you are completely born in sins. And are you teaching us? Somebody ought to. Anyway, and they cast him out. The Pharisees felt that because he was born blind, this man was obviously cursed. Completely sinful. Again, that's hard to do from the womb, but apparently they figure he's always been that way. And therefore had no right to challenge them. So they cast him out of the church. But I want you to notice this man knew what he'd experienced. Told it the same way every time, didn't he? I was blind, he made a paste of clay, put it on my eyes, said, go wash in Siloam. I did, and I see. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him?
Jesus said, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. <clears throat> Sometimes you don't want to claim things you don't have a right to. It can go bad for you. The guy that showed up and called, told King David that he had killed Saul, even when he just witnessed it, didn't work well for him. David killed him. To me, but this, to me this means that if they had turned from their unbelief and accepted as truth what Jesus had done and what Jesus said, they would have been forgiven. Instead, they didn't. Therefore, their sin remained. Now, let me state right now, I'm not thinking we're better than the Pharisees. There's a reason that they did not do well. And he said to them, to you it has been given. This is in Mark chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. He's talking to his disciples. But to those who are outside, all things are parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. I hope that they will be given a chance to turn to God in the end. Don't know. But I want us to consider something. They had evidence directly in front of them of God's work and they denied it. Not only did they deny it, they attributed it to Satan. The man that they had kicked out almost certainly had not had any education. Yet he was able to discern that what was done to him had come from God. Because his ears still worked. I bet he heard people talking all the time. He may even have gone to Sabbath services. Just because you're blind, I think, doesn't mean you can't go. Does it? Anybody know? Anyway. <clears throat> During the Feast of Tabernacles, we are reminded of what our future can and should be. That of God's princes and judges during the millennium. If we'll persevere. If we are able to do that, then it will be given to us to be spirit beings with Christ. I want us to be very mindful during this time we are facing. All these difficulties, all the turmoil, there's a reason for this. To do our due diligence, to de determine, didn't mean to stutter there, to determine what is happening and what is being proposed by people. Pay attention, search things out. Let us seek God's face. Let us seek his favor and spirit to bring revival to our nation and world in order that we may return to him. The people that we know share what we've been through. Share what we've learned. Share a feast of tabernacles. You know, sometimes you can get, them, get people's interest with a minor thing. Uh, I had, have a friend when we first started talking about scriptures came when he offered me a pound of pulled pork because he 
he smokes meats and does that as a side business. And I said, you can give my pound to the other drivers. This is where I was working in, because I don't eat that. He said, well, why not? I said, it's unclean. So that started some discussions going. He asked me later why. I explained it again, because God said don't. But we, he asked me about Easter, the difference between Easter and Passover. I said, well, it depends on which. I'm giving God the glory, because he had it piqued my curiosity, and I checked it out, did some reading on it in the scriptures and in other places. So which Bible you're using? Okay, the, the Bible that we use today is what they used to find, come up with, with Easter. And God's Bible, the way he uses it, you come up with Passover. And I said, one of the things I want you to notice is every time there's a Easter, or Passover, every time there's Passover, it starts with a full moon. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, every time. God's not going to send his people tripping across the desert in the middle of the night without light. So every time. There's some of these other feasts that are on the full moon. Just different things. If you can pique their interest, get them to study. He's, he's been doing a lot more reading than he had ever done. The thing is, I don't believe we have a lot of more time. I'm not going to tell you when it, you know, it's going to end tomorrow. That'd be silly. There's still things that need to be done, but when they start being done, I think they're going to start being done rapidly. We'll have other things on our mind. So let's start putting our mind toward God now, focusing on him, and maybe help other people a little bit of focus themselves.